Well, listen, today we started something last week uh, called Stop Knocking on Wood. And so I just want to finish today uh, or continue today uh, along that same line, along that same subject matter, Stop Knocking on Wood. We'll just do Stop Knocking on Wood Part 2. How's that? Is that all right? And where that came from uh, is, you know, it's a saying, as we know. We've heard that stop knocking on wood, you know, it's all plastic. Stop knocking on wood, right? Uh, when you say something that's, uh, you know, you want to come to pass and uh, you don't want anything to hinder it, you may say, knock on wood. And so we, I talked last week about, I don't know if anybody looked that up or not. You're probably not, you know, anal like I am, so you probably forgot about that part of it as soon as you left. But, uh, you know, that's from Germanic folklore, stop knocking on wood. That phrase came from that, and uh, they would call on these dryads, not druids, but dryads that lived up in trees. So when they spoke something, they would say they would knock on wood, and then they would invoke these dryads that lived up in trees, and they, these things would protect uh, what you said so that nothing could come against it. And so, like I said, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not so uh, stuffy that I, you know, don't have fun, you know, with knocking on wood. But just when it comes to your destiny, you know, when it comes to your healing, when it comes to your job, come on, when it comes to your marriage relationship, uh, I don't want to trust in dryads. I don't know about you, but just for me, uh, I'd rather trust in the word of the Lord. Amen. The word of the Lord. It's a little more solid. It's a more sure word of prophecy. More sure word of prophecy. And so we're going to continue along this line about stop knocking on wood. I think there's even a, uh, an insurance company that has commercials, isn't it, that says stopknockingonwood.com, you know. And it's the, same, it's the same thought process there. Why knock on wood? Be sure about something. Well, the, the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy for us. So we don't have to knock on wood. Amen. God has given us something that we can invoke, if you will, and that is what? That is our faith. That is our faith. According to Romans chapter 12, I believe around verse 3, God has given every man, meaning everyone, every mankind, every woman, every man, the measure of faith. So you don't have to beg for faith if you're born again, if you've given your heart to the Lord. God has given you a measure of faith. But just like your muscles, just like your mind, we have to work that out. And so faith can grow. Our faith can grow. But uh, it's not going to grow with us sitting on the couch, uh, not doing anything. Amen. Never coming to church, never praying, never reading our word, uh, never speaking the word. Our faith will not grow. And so we want our faith to grow. So what I want to do is let's look again at some scriptures that we looked at last week and then maybe a couple of new scriptures and just kind of go forward. Let's look, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 39. I think this is, we looked at this passage uh, last week. Um, you know, Jesus has a lot of examples for us where he exercised his faith, and uh, the Bible says that he was an example for us. And so Mark chapter 4, starting at about verse 39 Let's look at that. If you have that, I'm reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible. If you have a different version, we'll get to the same place together. Amen. Uh, God will reveal it to you if there's an error or a flaw in some other version. But uh, this New King James Version, uh, looking at Mark chapter 4, this is where, now this, what this is is where uh, God, where he was talking about the wind and the sea. What did I say? Four? 
I mean, chapter, let's look at Mark chapter 11. Let's look at Mark chapter 11. Let's go there first. Let's go to Mark chapter 11 first. And there's a lot in here. Now, what, what Jesus is doing here with his disciples, he always used an opportunity to teach his disciples. Everything he did was a teaching moment. And there was a time when Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said, let us go to the other side. And we know that that particular time in the Bible, uh, a great wind came up and the, and the sea uh, came against the boat, so much so until water started coming into the boat. And, you know, they were trying to bail the water out of the boat. You can imagine that. But the water was coming in so much that it was, it was too much for them to bail out. And I want to tell you that there are times in our life where water is going to come in so much so until our natural strength and our natural power is going to be too much to bail out. And no matter what we do, we can't bail it out. And so we're going to have to invoke something a little bit stronger and a little bit higher than our natural strength. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach. And so that's what he taught. And twice, in fact, they, he said, let's go to the other side. Uh, and even the second time, they didn't get it. Right? He, he, see, he saved them the first time. And then the second time, they said, don't you care that we're perishing? And he's thinking, well, didn't we go through this before? You know, and, and so say, he says the same thing to us. Have you not been through this before? You know, it's all about your faith. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 12 in Mark chapter 11. And uh, he says this, he says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by what? Take it by force. And so when we have the kingdom of God, the first thing that we need to understand is that the, we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about faith. The first thing we need to deal with is us. I apologize, that's Matthew chapter 11, but keep it there because we're going to Mark chapter 11 also. The first thing we need to understand is that we have to deal with us. See, the kingdom of God is where? It's in you. And, and the Bible just says in Matthew chapter 11, which I just read, that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent do what? They take it by force. And if the kingdom of God is in you, what do we have to take? How do we get to it? We have to go through this thing here called what? Our flesh. It's inside of us. We need to take that thing by force, so we have to get us out of the way. So as we read this Mark chapter 11, what I want to tell you is this. Make sure that you don't let your mind, your carnal mind, get in the way of what God is trying to tell you. That's the point I'm trying to make to you. Don't let your flesh and your carnal mind, your experiences, get in the way of what Jesus is trying to tell you this morning, okay? So Mark chapter 11, and also at verse 12, it says, Now the next day when they had come out to Bethany, he was hungry. Who was he? It was Jesus. And seeing a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but what? Leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Well, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold from the temple. Now let's go down to verse 20. Now, verse 20 says this. For in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the what? dried up from the roots. And Peter 
remembering this, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now listen to what Jesus said. He said what? Come on, what did he say? One more time, what did Jesus say? Have faith in God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where did Jesus' faith attack the tree? The root. Glory to God. That's right. The root. It attacked that tree at the what? The root. See, you must understand that the world deals with their problems and their circumstances and their situations with the leaves. God's people deal with the what? Deal with the root. Now, let's go a little further because what I want to do is go, in, in my estimation anyway, I want to go to another level when we're talking about faith here, just a higher form of thought, a new revelation, uh, where I believe where God wants to take us to. All right, and remember, when I talked about the kingdom of God suffers violence, right? The violent take it by force. It's us that we need to contend with because several times Paul said, well, there was one time actually in the Bible where he said, I buffet my flesh. He didn't say I buffet it, okay? I, not, I buffet it. I, that's what we do. That's what I do anyway. But he said, I, I buffet my flesh. I come against my flesh. So keep that in mind as we go forward, okay? Now, what cause that tree that Jesus spoke to to dry up. Come on. Word of God. Okay, now, now, now. This, this is what I'm trying to get to. This is what I'm trying to get to. Jesus did what? He spoke the word of God to it, and he attacked it where? At the root. But what it is, is there is something else that gave power to the word. Now, now stay with me now. Stay with me. Don't, don't check out on me. There's something else that gave power to that word that Jesus spoke. It was faith. Glory to God. Oh, we, we're moving somewhere now. It was Jesus' faith that dried up that tree. It wasn't just the word. Now stick with me now. Here, here, listen, because I know a lot of people who have spoken a lot of words out of the Bible and nothing happened. Come on now. Are you with me? I've seen a lot of people that quoted the Bible, quoted scripture. Matter of fact, devil knows scripture. Come on, a lot of people quote scripture. And I'm not putting down the word. That's not what I'm doing. And you'll see that. You'll see where I'm going with this. I'm not putting down the word. But I'm telling you, if you memorize word and that's it, that's all you do, you should start there. I remember we were first married. My wife made me memorize a few scriptures. Come on. And, uh, you know, we'd be on our way to work, memorizing scriptures. And so we need to do that because we need to get that word down in us, in our spirit. But listen, the word without faith is dead. It will do nothing. It has no power behind it. Listen, I, and I'm not, okay, listen, it's, like, it's kind of like this. Say that you go to get a job. Now, here's, here's what I'm talking about where you have to get yourself out of the situation. Really, what we do is we come, remember I, was, I gave you that example of water coming in the boat and they're getting water out of the boat. They're doing everything they can. Well, you do what you can until the limit of your own strength. And then what are you going to do? You can't do anymore. So you have to get yourself out of the way and be able to go to that next level. Trust and believe in God. Say you go to get a job. What are you going to do to get that job? Well, you're going to fill out applications. Come on. You may even have taken some classes, 
right, to let you know uh, the knowledge that you need to get the job. Uh, maybe you look online to see who's hiring. There's a ton of things. You'll never get a job, right, sitting uh, on your couch at home saying, job cometh to me now, right? You can say that all you want to, but if you don't put any action behind it, it's not going to come. And then when you do all of those things, you've done everything that you can do. You can't force that man or that woman to give you a job. Now you let your faith take over. You speak God's word. What does his word say about it? That you are blessed. You are highly favored. Promotion comes from the Lord. And you begin to speak all of those things and you allow your faith to take over. And that then takes you to the next level of where you want to go. You do everything that you can do. In other words, all right, so you say, listen, I, I am, I'm determined now to get out of debt. You know, debt is something that the Bible says, oh, no man, anything but to love him, right? And so I've, I got that revelation now, and I want to get out of debt, get out of debt. So one of the things that you want to do is you say, okay, well, pastor was, was talking about faith, and I just need to speak faith, so I'm going to speak faith over these bills. Now, when the bill comes to your house, pay the bill. All right, I'm going on tape, going on record, pay the bill. All right, God is a God of integrity. But remember, we talked last week about process, right? It's a process. You got yourself into the situation. <laughs> Come on now. You do everything you can in your natural power, and then you allow faith to take over because faith goes to the root of a matter. See, there's a reason why you got into that debt that you didn't want to get into. There's a reason, and it's not a physical reason. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a spiritual reason. There's a reason there behind all of that. And in order to get out of that habit, come on, we got to go to the root of the matter. we got to let the word of God with our faith speak to the root of the matter, right, so we can change and turn that thing around going forward. Now, listen, I'm not, I said I'm not downplaying the word. We know that you need the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You cannot get away from the word of God because it is a discerner. And so we absolutely need the word of God. God's word never returns to him void. Now we're talking though about faith this morning. And Romans 10, 17 says this. This is how we know that we need the word. Because Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So the, the fact of the matter is you can't even get faith. You can't grow your faith without the word. So we need the word. It's the, the other example I like to use is this. Here's how important faith is. This is why I'm trying to drive this point home to you last week and this morning. Is because it, even your salvation, your salvation, how are you saved? Galatians says this, for by, by grace you are saved through what? Faith is the conduit that gets God. You don't even get God's grace on you. Come on. For salvation. Now, God has grace on us. I realize that. I'm not saying, but God does have grace on us. But I'm saying the grace for salvation, for by grace you are saved through what? Come on, somebody. Talk back to me this morning. Faith. 
It's the faith that, is, that gives us our salvation, that allows us to grab hold of the grace of God, apply it to ourselves. Come on, but it is not of yourselves. It is a gift, but it is by faith. It is by faith that we get. So we need both the word and faith. We don't get faith without the word. The word doesn't activate without faith. Come on, because you can say all you want to say. I've seen people say a lot of things. Here's, now here's where it is. Go to Hebrews 4.2 for me, Nia. Here's where it is. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. This is how I'll prove it to you. Because the writers of Hebrews said this. Here, what we're talking about here in Hebrews is, just a little background, he's, he's, expounding on, he's expounding on the fact that the Israelites, there were Israelites that did not make it into the promised land. Okay? He's remembering that. Remember they were in the wilderness 40 years. They went through all of that, and they were mumbling and murmuring and complaining and doing all these types of things. They weren't obeying the word of God, and they did not make it into the promised land, though they had the word, because, um, the, you know, the two came back and said, listen, we can take this thing. I believe that was the Lord speaking through them. We can take this thing, but instead of obeying the Lord, they didn't do that. And so that's what the writer is saying here in Hebrews 4, 2. Look, look what he says. It says, uh, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, those who didn't make it in. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being what? Mixed with what? Faith in those who heard it. So you can have the word all day long, but if it's not mixed with what? Faith, it is of no profit to us. Word doesn't profit you if it's not mixed with faith. I hope you're getting that this morning. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about faith? Okay, so you're saying, listen, I hear what you're saying. The word needs to be mixed with faith, but what is it that, how, how do I activate that? What, what do I do? What are you talking about faith? Well, out of all of the study that I've done in the Word of God, and I've looked at faith, uh, you know, I've looked at different people that the Word has said who, who have faith. And, you know, when you talk about that, obviously you talk about Abraham, you talk about Hebrews 11, uh, what they call the Hall of Faith, and all of those types of things. And really, it boils down to some simple things with faith. Really, it boils down to hearing the Word and doing it. Remember we were talking about giving? Remember what Mary told all those, uh, th those servants there who had those water pots? Remember that? Can somebody tell me what she told them? Whatever he says, do it. Now you're exercising faith. Whatever he says, do it. So sitting on the couch, I got faith. Money cometh to me now. Job comes to me now. My marriage relationship is better now. But you haven't got up off the couch, come on now, and taken any action. And so that's, the, that's where faith comes in. So you can say and speak the word all you want to. But if you don't get up off that couch, come on, we're talking about the couch this morning. And that's what we're talking We're talking about our spiritual couch. We sit around, we come to church every Sunday, right? We sing a little bit maybe most of us, and, uh, you know, we hear somebody talk or preach, we fellowship with each other, and then some of us go right back out there and get our heads beat in. Now, I'm just talking for real this morning, because I believe the Lord wants to help us. 
And don't think I'm not looking in the mirror. I'm not just preaching to you. Come on, it's for, this word is for all of us. All right? Now, I don't know about you. And I, I was talking to my wife, and I told her yesterday about a situation that I was going through in heaven. And, you know, there comes a point in your life where you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come on. And you want to do something. And so I began to look at this thing, man. I said, look, I'm just, I'm going to believe the word of God. What do I have to lose? That's the other thing about it. What do you have to lose by believing the word of God and exercising your faith in every situation in your life? You have nothing to lose. Look at Mark chapter 4. Let's go back to Mark chapter 4. All right. Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to look at verse 39. Let's, let's go back up to 35. This is what I was going to start out with. But let's go back up to 35 and look at this passage of scripture. Mark chapter 4 says, On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, what? Let us what? Cross over to the other side. Isn't that what he said? Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also there with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. This is what I was talking about. It was already filling up. But he was in the stern, what? What was he doing? Sleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? What are they saying? They're saying that the water's coming in so fast that we can't, uh, we can't, we don't have enough buckets. We don't have enough manpower. You ever felt like that in your life? Some of you are real young, so you may not have had an opportunity. <laughs> but some of us know we've been there where, where water's coming in and, and we don't have enough buckets. We're trying to get it out. And then sometimes we get mad at God. Lord, don't you see me in here? Don't you see me? Do you not care that I am perishing? I'm doing everything in my power to get this water out, but I just don't have enough manpower. And he sleeps. <laughs> then he arose. He awoke. He rose, got up, and he rebuked the wind and the sea. And he said what? Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said something to them. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no what? What did he address there? Their faith. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be that the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I want you to remember something. That was what the disciples saw. when They, they saw him rebuke the wind and the sea, and they said, Who, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this that the wind and the sea obey him? But now, do you remember just a few moments ago, we were talking about the fig tree, okay? And when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, what caused that fig tree to dry up from the root? His faith. All right, I'm, we're going to get that into you guys this morning. It was his faith mixed with the word. It was his faith that caused that thing to dry up. See, here's the thing. This is what I want you to see. The disciples were looking at it like, oh, that's Jesus. That's Rabbi. He's the son of God. And he's saying those things. And all these things obey him. And as long as we're, you know, around him and he speaks these things, we'll let him do all the work and he can do it. 
And Jesus turns around and tells them something in Mark 11 that we're going to get to in a moment that I want you to see this morning. Uh, it wasn't just Jesus. <laughs> now, don't, don't, don't shout me down. But it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily Jesus that the wind and the sea obeyed. Mm, okay, now. I know. I see you. I hope I got your attention. But it was his faith. And I'll tell you why. Because when Jesus walked the earth, he was the son of God and he was the son of man. But everything Jesus did during his ministry, he did as a man filled with the Holy Ghost. He did as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. This way, you and I can walk just as Jesus walked. Otherwise, why would Jesus say, when I go to, to the Father and I send the Comforter to you, you will do these things and even greater things? How could he say that if it was only him that was able to do these things? So it had to be something else when they said, uh, oh, the, what manner of man is this that the wind and the sea obey him? What were the wind and the sea obeying? His own glory to God. Now we're moving. Now we're going somewhere. The wind and the sea obeyed. That's what they said. I know it's in the word that says it obeyed you, but that was their perception of what it was. And he's going to tell them a little bit later about faith, that they can do the same thing. The wind and the sea obey his faith. Now they got a revelation of that. So over in Luke chapter 17, this is what they asked Jesus. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. In fact, let's just go over there. We got, we, we got a little bit of time to get this in us. Luke chapter 17, verse 5. Look at what they said. They said, the apostles said to the Lord, what did they say? Increase our faith. Increase our faith. See, this is what they said. Listen, he used his faith. I want that kind of faith. Lord, increase our faith. So let me ask you a question. Here we go. We're talking about our spiritual couch this morning. Can you sit at home on the couch and say, Lord, increase my faith and have more faith? I know some of you think it's a trick question. It's not. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If you want bigger muscles, can you sit at home on the couch and say, muscles, come to me? No, you cannot. <laughs> It'll look like this. <laughs> <laughs> faith is the same way faith is like a muscle and so that but that's natural that's what any of us would have done when we see jesus do these things lord increase our faith this is his response to them look at verse six so the lord said to them he didn't say okay let me lay hands on you faith increased that's not what he did here's what he did he said if you have faith as a what mustard seed you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the, by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. you it would be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now, what would that mulberry tree obey? Your faith. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Because Jesus said it earlier. Listen, and you say, no, that's not what it says. It says, planted in the sea, it would obey you. Pastor Mike says, it would obey you. Look at, what, look at Jesus' whole statement in verse 6. If you have what? Faith. Jesus said it right here. If you have, he didn't say, look, go talk to the mulberry tree and tell it to be planted in the sea and it'll obey you. That's not going to work. If you have faith, the faith of a mustard seed, 
you can then say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up. And then he, notice what he said now, by the what? Roots. Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. What is it really obeying? It is obeying his faith. You can't say to the mulberry tree with no faith something and expect it to happen. Your circumstances obey your faith. Your circumstances obey your faith. Listen, here's the thing. Because we, we've, heard, we, we've heard people speak words all the time. You know, you cannot just memorize the Bible and you, you have no, we were talking about this, you have no revelation about it. Here's, here's the example. My, my wife and I were talking about this and she used this yesterday. It's kind of like, you know, the stock market. You know, you and I, you know, Brother Carter, we can go down to the New York Stock Exchange on the stock market and we can look there on the floor. You know, Dorothy will take us down there because she's from New York. She knows where it is. And uh, she takes us in there and uh, we see all these people doing the, you know, buying and selling and doing what they, what they do. And we see one guy. So we say we're going to study this and see what they do. So we see one guy over there that says, oh, it got to 3.5. So I'm selling. I have no idea what that means or how. You know, I'm, I'm selling. And then so we say, oh, there it is. That's where we got it. it, when it get, every time it gets to 3.5, you just sell, you know. And then we see somebody else. Well, it got to 4.7, so he bought it. And we say, there it is. Now we got the formula. 3.5, you sell. 4.7, uh, you buy. We would last about 13 seconds on the stock floor, you know, going by that. You want to know why? Because we have no revelation of what they're doing. The people on that stock floor have a, 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 they not only a knowledge, but they have a feel. They have a revelation. They get it. Okay, that's the way the world is. They get it. I get how, what to do in every situation. So it doesn't matter if it's 3.5, 4.7, 18.42, 97, pork bellies, whatever it is. They, they have a revelation of how the whole thing works. And because of that revelation, they're able to move in that thing. Where we just come in there, we can't, we can't move in it because we have no revelation. Well, I want to tell you it's the same way with the Word of God. You can't just up one day and just memorize a few scriptures, no revelation, no rhema word, no relationship with the Lord, and expect things to happen. It's not going to happen because you have no revelation. This is what, see, now let's revisit Romans 10, 17. Remember that? So then faith cometh by what? And hearing by the what? And as you said before, that word, word there is translated from the Greek word rhema, which means the breathe the spoken word of God, the heard word of God, not just the read word of God, not just the preach word. You can't just listen to some preacher talk to and then go out and, you know, do all these things. You have to have your own relationship with the Lord. You have to get your own revelation. You know what rhema is? Here's, here's, here's an easy way to explain what rhema is. You know, it's like, you know, you're reading the Bible and, you know, it's just something, and something you can't explain even to others. Because if you tried to, you ever tried to explain a revelation you got to someone and they just kind of look at you? Yeah, okay, you know. But to you, it's like, no, you, oh, you know, that type of thing. That's rhema to you. That's what, that's what rhema, oh, I, I get this. You see, I get it. I under, this is, wow, this is another thing. And you try to explain to somebody else and they just look at you like you're crazy. That's because you got a rhema word for you. And that's what you can stand on. See, now you can stand on that thing. I mean, there's areas in my life where it comes to healing, especially where it comes to, you know, health. 
And I'm not, you know, listen, I'm no better than anyone else. I, I guarantee you. But I'm just letting you know that there, the Lord gave me a revelation one day about that thing. And so it's the last thing that I ever worry about. And it, does it say that things don't come against me? Obviously they do. You know, but it's, it's, it's not even a concern for me. And I don't, you know, and I'm not trying to brag on anything other than the Lord. God did that. I have no idea how he was able to do that. But it's not even a concern. You know, going to the doctor, uh, you know, whatever comes against me, a seizure or whatever it is. Uh, I'm on no seizure medication. I firmly believe, you know, that was a, a one-time thing. And he, the enemy's trying to scare me or scare my family. And it didn't work, you know. So he may try to come with something else. But I am going to stand on the, the revealed word of God in my life that by my stripes you are healed. By my stripes you are healed. It doesn't say things won't come against us. We know. All of us, these things, you know, listen. I, I want to tell you, and I'm not making any negative confessions here. But I'm going to tell you something. Y'all young people don't understand this, and that's good. You know, listen, take advantage of your youth. You get older, stuff just start happening. I mean, listen. I, you know, I was bending down yesterday and just made a noise. Ugh! And I was thinking, why did I make a noise? You know, it just... It's just a natural, I don't know, you know, just, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know why, Jody, I just, you know, you just make a noise, I think, you know, it's just, listen, when you're born, uh, you know, you, you, physically, to all of us, we're growing, we're growing up, we're learning, but really, your, your cells are, are, are regenerating, and you're really on your way to death, <laughs> now, I know that doesn't, you know, I, that doesn't sound too happy, does it, but you know, and, and, and God bless us all. We have long, God promised us long life. But because of, you know, he, listen, it is appointed to all men to die once, right? This body is going back. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's going back one day. And so this thing, listen, it's an imperfect vessel. So we cannot rely on it. What we need to rely on is something in the spiritual to control it. And listen, this is just something that belongs to you anyway. It's not you. I mean, when I look at Brother Scott, you know, as handsome as he is, handsome devil, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but the real him is, is not what you see on the outside. I can prove it to you like this. What happens if his spirit, if he, you know, 65 years from now, if, when he goes on to be with the Lord, come on, and his spirit just leaves his body, what's going to happen to his body? It's going to die. It's just going to fall down, right? It's just because that's not him. That's his house, right? So the real you is in there. The real you is a spirit. And that thing is what needs to control everything else. It needs to start in the spirit. Come on, with your circumstances I'm talking about. And the things that are all around you, that's where you need to start with. The world deals with their problems on the level of the leaves. God's people, we deal with our issues and our circumstances at the root at the root. Now, for you to operate this way, you cannot operate out of the flesh. Okay? We just said that. You cannot operate out of the flesh. Here's what I want to say. I firmly believe that emotions uh, are created by God and are given to us by God. And if we are able to control them, they can be of great benefit to us. Really, emotions can. I mean, listen, um, when you are disappointed, you know, when, you, when you're trying to do something, when you go for a job or when you're 
in competition and you don't make it, you know, uh, and you have a, a disappointed emotion of disappointment, what that can do for you is it can drive you to be better. Right. It can drive you to 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 practice harder, to be better. So it can be something that's, uh, you know, something that you can control and it can be something that's beneficial for you. All right. When a friend dies, a family member dies, we have a you know, we have an emotion of grieving there. And then what happens with that is that's our way of honoring that person. You know, we love them and I enjoyed them while they were here on the earth with us. And so we have a time of grieving. As long as we're controlling that emotion, it's beneficial to us because it honors the other person and, and on and on and on. But what we can't do is let our emotions control us. When your emotions control you, now you become a mess. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, believe it or not, Paul actually talked about this in Philippians chapter 4. I mean, when you study out Philippians chapter 4, he said this. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. Now, when you study that out, really the, the, the thought, the, the emotion behind what Paul was saying was stop being anxious. That's the way he was speaking to the church at Philippi. Stop being, in other words, you get, you speak to yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, stop being anxious. Stop being so emotional. Stop letting uh, my, your emotions control you. God gave them to you. You control them and let them work for you. And so we cannot, we cannot walk and move in faith in a position of authority when we walk in the flesh. We can't do that. We can't let those, we can't operate that. If you're a flesh-driven person, you won't be able to operate in this. If you're driven by your emotions, you won't be able to operate in this, all right? So you've got to be, this, what this will help us do is push right through no matter what we see, no matter what we look around and see, our circumstances. We've got to keep pushing through. Remember back in Mark chapter 4, if we went back a few verses up to 35, you know, Jesus told him, he said, listen, he said, let's go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. Let me just look at that real quick. Yeah, on the same. Yeah, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, come on with us on our spiritual couches. He didn't say, let us cross over to the other side if it doesn't snow. Let us cross over to the other side as long as the water is calm. You know, as long as the water is calm, we can cross over. As long as no big wind comes up, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, let us cross over to the other side if you're a certain color. Come on now. Or if you're a certain gender. Only the men can cross over to the other side. He didn't say, let us cross over to the other side if you were born in a wealthy family. You have a silver spoon in your mouth. He didn't say, let us cross over to the other side. Any conditions, he just said, listen, let us cross over to the other side. Now, to use my very best English here in the college town, who be us? That'd be you and me, all of us that have given our life to the Lord. He is a part of us, and we are a part of him. Come on. You have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You have believed in your heart that he was raised on the third day. Then you be us, and I be you. <laughs> Come on. Let us cross over to the other side, no matter who you are. Let us cross over. But here's the thing about it. Now, when the wind and the waves came up, 
Jesus spoke, peace be still, but the Bible says he spoke to the wind and then he spoke to the sea. And then they said, Who, what manner of man is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Now, look at the order that he did that. He's, everything Jesus does, you know, everything that's in the scripture, I, t- I believe, is for a purpose. Look at the order that this happened in. What's the characteristic of wind? Anybody, what's the characteristic of wind? Right, what do you think? You can't see it. Isn't that a characteristic of wind, right? Jesus dealt with the unseen first, and then the seen will follow. He first dealt with the unseen. You see, the waves were only crashing up because the wind was making. Waves going to do that by themselves. Do they think about it? Just logically. I know you're not, I don't know what that would be. Wouldn't be marine biologists, but you may not be a studier of waves, right? But you have common sense. And you can see waves, uh, something has to make the water move, right? And so the wind comes along and begins to make that water move. So you deal with the unseen first. Come on, 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Put that up there, Nia. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 12. Let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 12. Uh, this, is what, this is what Jesus is saying to us. Life in you. Is it, maybe it's 1 Corinthians. Let me look here. I'm looking at Corinthians, and this is where, this is where Paul was telling us, no, it is 2 Corinthians, where he's telling us that we need to deal with the unseen. Ah. All right. 413? Yeah, verse 13, I'm sorry. Good, thank you. Go one more verse there. And since we have the same spirit of what? Oh, yeah, there it is. According to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also what? Believe and therefore we speak. So it's got to be a belief first. And he says we have the same spirit of what? of faith. He's talking to us about dealing with the unseen. We must believe it in our heart. How are you saved? Romans 10, 9 and 10. You must what? Believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, unseen, and then confess it with your what? Mouth. And he rose again on the third day, and you will be what? So even with our salvation, it's that way. Even with our salvation, this is how God deals with it. Here's what we do. Here's what we do, and I'm finishing up with this whole thought. This has just been not really points. I've just been kind of throwing stuff at you because I just want to, here's here's what it is. I want to encourage you to know that you can do anything uh, that God has put your mind to. (laughs) Come on. You can do, you can accomplish. Uh, so I know you guys are not excited about that because you probably are all accomplished. Um, but you can do any, you can accomplish anything that God puts your mind to. I don't care whether it's a degree, um, you know, getting a degree. I don't care whether it's moving up in your job, owning your own business, having a successful business. I don't care whether it's getting back to 100% and even better, no matter what you see on the, on the outside. Come on, uh, you know, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, why do you think you are here, right? God, Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, 
But I come that you might have life and what? Now, do you think he was lying when he said that? Do you think he was putting you on when he said that? Come on, he's serious about this thing. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so if he's saying that, listen, we need to line up. I mean, he's offering it. You know what what we're kind of like sometimes? This is kind of what we're like. We're like somebody saying, come over because I have this great meal. You know, some of you, you know, Brother Carter would say, and Sister Carter, she would, they would say, you know, great salad, something like that. You know, I would say a big bag of Hershey Kisses or something for me, but, you know, come on over. And I got this big peach cobbler, and, uh, you know, I want you to have it. And what we do is we kind of walk by the house, smell the peach cobbler, keep on walking. And when someone says, did you get some peach cobbler? You say, no, they, she wouldn't give me none. She wouldn't give me any peach cobbler. You didn't go up to the house. She invited you into the house. You and you just walked by. And as ridiculous as that sounds, that's what we do as Christians. Because Jesus tells us what to do. To obey my word, believe it in your heart, speak it no matter what you see. But we're too afraid to do that because we're driven by what we see. And then, and then we complain. Lord, don't you care that I'm perishing? He's saying, yes, that's why I gave you all the tools to overcome. Now believe it and speak it. Here, and I want to leave you with this. We were talking about this yesterday, too. There, there are people, you got something, come on, come on. There are people that um, say, well, you know, I've been speaking the word over the situation, but I don't see any results at all. I don't see any results at all. Well, I, all I can tell you is what we talked about earlier. Go back to what Jesus was saying. He said, if you, if you, look, Mark, let me look at Mark, and then I'll let you finish up here. Sorry. Mark, go back to Mark chapter 11, Nia. Uh, Mark chapter 11. What did my glasses here? And uh, look down here, Mark chapter 11, our bedrock of faith here. Uh, it says, 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and, and what? Okay, let's say that again. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and? Okay, one more time. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and what? Now, I believe that if something doesn't happen, Jesus is not at fault. I don't know about you. But I think we would have to look in the mirror. If we're speaking the word, could it be that there, because, because listen, when we, when we speak something, we can't, here's what I used to do. Here's what I would do. I used to have an issue with my foot, and I would get uh, plantar fasciitis. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Plantar fasciitis is very painful. Yeah, it doesn't. It's very painful, Patty. And uh, so I would get this thing, and then I would, I, and I, I believe God, you know, I'm healed. You know, so I would just speak to it because the doctor said nothing you can do. Just roll your foot on some, you know, green beans or something, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, massage your foot, you know. And uh, so I, I, I began to speak to that thing. I'm healed in Jesus' name. But here's what I would do. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking, well, it usually flares up, you know, when I wear these kind of shoes or at this time of day. And so I, you're he- I'm healed in Jesus' name. 
Man, I'll be looking at it to make sure. Now, I know it usually flares up, so I'm just going to kind of make sure it doesn't flare up. You know what that really is? It's doubt. Because where am I focused on? You see, I'm focused on this situation. Go ahead. 